Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani here on Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. Vikings five days out from their London game against the Saints. Uh, Dane, I do want to look back a little bit on that Detroit game. Not so much of like what happened, but maybe what didn't happen. Uh, and this is something that I think it's kind of alarming, but Lewis seen Harrison Smith's out. It looks like all week Kevin O'Connell says, okay, Josh Metellus, Lewis seen. We're going to see these guys split snaps at that position. And it did not play out that way. Josh Metellus gets all the reps at safety. Lewis seen only sees special team snaps. What was your takeaway from that? Because this was a first-round pick who now here in week three, the team still didn't feel comfortable taking the defensive snaps. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. I, I, and I'm not ready to declare Lewis seen a bust by any means. It's three weeks into his what could be a long NFL career. Um, but it's not a good sign. Um, Josh Metellus has been a special teams-er, special teams ace for the, the Vikings for the last couple of seasons. That is kind of where his production has stopped, and it's because he hasn't been good enough to play ahead of certain guys um, at the safety position. So when he's beating you out and you're a first-round rookie, uh, that's that's concerning to me. The fact that Harrison Smith, who's an established veteran, uh, you know, one of the heartbeats of the of the defense, is beating Lewisine out in, in training camp, like obviously, duh. The fact that Cam Bynum beat Lewisine out in training camp. Like, I get it. He he has a year of NFL experience under his belt. He's played quite well in, in his time when he's been in the starting lineup, when he's been on the field. But when a guy like Josh Metellus is beating Lewis Cena, uh, I think that that speaks to how green he still is in his development and how much more he has to grow to, to, to be an impact player. I don't think the Vikings are hiding Lewis Cena. I think they don't think he's ready for the moment. Um, and the fact that they didn't think that on Sunday kind of leads me to believe that, that we might not see a lot of him this year. Um, if Josh Metellus is ahead of him now, he had a pretty good game on Sunday. Like I, I don't see Lewis seen passing him anytime soon, really. Yeah. It's interesting because doesn't it seem like, like maybe this is why safeties don't go so early in the draft because like a guy like Josh Metellus can come in and play well. Um, it really seems like safety is just a spot where you just have to learn the game. And once you know the game and once you know where to be, like you can be serviceable there. And certainly there are better athletes than others uh, who can play the position at an even higher level. But like it's not hard to be serviceable at safety. I think we've seen enough guys just come in. Um, you know, you just sign somebody uh, like Andrew Sandejo was signed here like three seasons in a row, seemingly, and just filled right in. Like because it's not Anthony hard. Anthony Harris, same same thing with Anthony Harris. Cam Bynum was a cornerback last year in the draft and switched to safety. No, you're right. hundred percent. Yeah, and so you find like a you draft like a Kyle Hamilton or a Lewis Seen to be like, yeah, but we think that can be a generational one. Uh, we think that we can have one of the best safeties in the NFL, and maybe Lewis Seen gets there, but obviously isn't there yet. And it is just kind of a thing where it's like, okay, was Lewis Seen the right pick there? I don't know. Um, 
but that's the route they went to go. Frankly, uh, I think a lot of people still wonder what would have happened had they held on to their original pick and not traded with Detroit. But let's look here at the other picks because obviously, like one draft class, it we know we're not really judging it through three weeks, but almost kind of like a stock report of where these guys are. Um, 10 picks after Lewis seen Andrew Booth. <clears throat> Obviously, I haven't seen him yet with the injury. Uh, I am interested, and in, I kind of want to talk about him a little bit more later, but like, can't make any judgment there. Obviously, you'd like to see the guy on the field, <laughs> but like, you know, some people liked what he was doing in training camp, but then the injury, we just, it's a big incomplete grade there. Yeah, he's someone who throughout training camp got rave reviews for his competitiveness, how he was getting into Justin Jefferson's grill and how he was arguing with with Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne after either pass breakups or receptions the other way. Um, you like that competitiveness, but I am concerned about injuries with this guy. Like he has three different injuries since he arrived on the Vikings roster right. in, in OTAs. Um, one of the injuries, I guess you can give him a pass from, it was the sports hernia surgery that he had entering um, the draft. So partially why he fell, but I think injury history is something that, that we should think about with, with Andrew Booth. Um, right. Sometimes I think guys get a bad rap, like like Dalvin Cook, for example. Like, is he injury prone? Like, kind of, but he's not like someone who I, I think a lot of people with Dalvin Cook think he's a guy who misses like 10, 15 games a year. Like, he misses a couple of games here and there. Um, so I think sometimes an injury prone label can be unfair. Um, but with Andrew Booth, I think it's totally fair. Um, he has not played very much, if at all. Um, throughout the preseason and and now three games into the regular season because he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Yeah, that's when we're like, Andrew Booth would have been a first-round pick if he didn't have any injury history. And so then when you get a guy in the second round, everybody's like, what a steal. We got this guy this late just because of the injury history. Um, but you have to understand that there is a risk that goes with that. Uh, and the risk maybe will be fighting the Vikings. We don't know. Maybe Andrew Booth comes back plays a lot this year, doesn't have that much in terms of injuries throughout his career, and it ends up being a big boom pick. Uh, but, like, we already see the potential downside of injury risk. Like, fans, you want to ignore it when your team drafts a player. A team wants to just celebrate that they got a talent so late. But, like, everybody else isn't dumb for paying attention to injury history. Like, it's part of the equation, and right now it's not working out in Minnesota's favor. Yeah, I mentioned it the other day, like, uh, you know, when I was in the Charlotte airport, and you maybe nobody can hear me, but, like, Andrew Booth said in one of his first press conferences with the Vikings, yeah, I don't really feel like I've been that healthy since high school. Like, <laughs> that's not good. You played, like, three years of college at Clemson. So uh, he he even seems to realize, like, yeah, he gets banged up here and there. Again, like you said, it's early. It's three weeks in. Maybe in week 16, week 17, we're looking at Andrew Booth like, okay, he's he's pretty good. He's He's been on the field ever since week four. Um, be interested to see if he can play this week. He, he's been a guy who's just not practicing with the quad injury. Um, it doesn't feel quite as extreme as like Daniel Hunter's tweak, but uh, Kevin O'Connell really said, oh, Andrew Booth, he's, he's working really hard to get, get back on the field, and we haven't seen him practice in two weeks. So that quad injury is probably a little worse than, than they're leading on. Ed Ingram, uh, the late second-round pick at guard. Certainly we've he won the job in training camp. Uh, we've seen him through three games now. Um, probably not like the worst guard in the NFL, but I don't think he's been, uh, too good versus the eye test versus pro football focus grades. Um, he just kind of is what he is. Like we said, just because you beat out Jesse Davis doesn't mean you're a good NFL guard. And I think that's kind of proven to be the case. Not to say he can't get there, but I certainly had not had my socks knocked off by, uh, Ingram's performance. No, he, he, he gets 
<clears throat> the passing grade, I think, or the the excitement from Vikings fans because the story for two, three years has been who's going to play right guard. And, and now you know Eddie Ingram's going to play right guard for the Vikings. Um, he's been fine. Um, he, he moves some guys in the run game. He struggles a little bit in pass pro. I think he's going to be not the worst person on that offensive line this year. So that's, I guess, an improvement. Um, but I don't think we're, we should be ready to, to give him the gold jacket yet, which is kind of the hype it felt like he was getting in training camp. I think if you're giving him a grade, it'd be like a C minus. Um, like, yeah. He's not been good. I don't want to frame it like, well, he's, he's been okay. Um, he really hasn't been. Uh, Brian Asamoa, a late third round pick mm-hmm. at linebacker. Uh, we've seen like, hey, he's already pushed himself into like special teams duties and whatnot. Um, I think that pick has potential. Yeah, he, he flies around. Um, you saw him make a big play the other day. Um, just kind of shot out of a can and made a made a tackle. I think it was on punter kickoff. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. It, he he shouldn't be playing right now. I think that's something we talked about in, in training camp. Um, he flies around with so much reckless abandon. I think that leaves if he does miss a tackle on defense, it leaves room for for gaping holes for the offense the other way. Um, I think he has potential as as a good linebacker in this league. Um, incomplete grade we can't grade him yet what do you think of caleb evans uh he's been a little more necessary than anticipated um and that could continue to be the case um frankly he's like one injury away from a major role and frankly he's like more inconsistency and struggles from others away from a role um just in the little bit we've seen of him what have you thought of caleb evans yeah he's long and he's rangy which is was intriguing from a cornerback position um talked to him a few times in in preseason training camp and his demeanor is you know he he really thinks he's one of the best corners in on the team which is one good but two like not surprising from the cornerback position that's kind of the the mentality you, you see from a lot of these guys also I think not a he high does, bar yeah no kidding um i see a lot of potential in in him um i think he's someone who probably will have you know, a prominent role on this team for better or for worse by, by the end of the season, um, partially because of his talent, partially because of the lack of talent elsewhere. So like uh, we could go through the rest of the guys, but I don't really think it's worth it. Like we like tie Chandler preseason to. and whatnot, but I just kind of wanted to like, it's easy to go, okay, Lucene's not playing and Andrew Booth isn't playing. So this draft stunk uh, for Quasi Adolfo but You've got Ed Ingram who's playing. We've got Brian Asamoah who's contributing. You've got Caleb Evans who's contributing on a smaller basis. But, like, I, so how do you think right now that it looks like this class is stacking up through these first five picks, the most influential likely picks? Um, some contributors, some guys who aren't. Um, but I just think where, where the team is at, like, you wanted to win this year, but you're also trying to build a base for the future, ideally, as this team kind of ages out. I don't. I didn't like it in that I don't think they drafted that many impact position guys, but uh, I don't know. What what do you think of the, of this class right now and, and what it is and what it can be? I mean, I think it's unfair to say the draft class is bad because it's too early, but right. I think the point is like we can get the Kyle Hamilton kind of narrative kind of out of this, out of the way real quick. Like, I love him. I think he's going to be a really good player in the league. He doesn't even start for Baltimore. Like he made a really good play in the Patriots game. He forced a fumble on Nelson Aguilar, won the game for the Ravens basically. Um, But he played like 50% of snaps on defense in week one and two. And I think he only had like 16 defensive snaps in week three. So he doesn't play a ton either. Um, So I, I think that speaks more to like the safety position as a whole and how you can kind of get production 
elsewhere. It doesn't have to be the star rookie coming in right away. Um, same with Lewisine. Um, just because he hasn't, it doesn't play right now. doesn't mean he's not going to be good, but for a team that wanted to be very competitive right away, like I think you wanted to draft a more impact player. I don't know what that position looks like. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a pass rusher. Maybe it's another cornerback. Like I, I, you know, I have to go back and look at the actual board. I know Kyle Hamilton stood out, stood out at the time. I know there were players there. I know some people were intrigued by the, you know, our, our receiver, you know, I don't think the Vikings really needed that. Maybe it would I will help. counter that. I will counter that in a sec. Go ahead. Okay. Um, you, the, what I will say is like, you do see first round rookie receivers dominating at this point in time. Like it's, it's never been better to be a young receiver in the game. Like you can assimilate to the league and, and latch on very quickly. Um, I'll let you kind of handle that part, but like, yeah, like you, you drafted a safety and whether Lewisine was going to start from, from day one, or it's going to take him a, you know, basically a red shirt year. Like how much impact is Lewisine really making, you know, on, on, on a winning football team. Um, there's a lot of holes on this team. I don't think safety was one of them. I don't think it was like a glaring need. Um, and as we've seen through three weeks now, like there, there are glaring needs on this team. And then there are things that, that probably could have been improved via the draft. Um, not ready to call this draft class bad or dra- this draft class no. a bust yet, but like, yeah, I, I think it leaves a little bit to be desired right now. Yeah, I just wanted to get into it because I think some people probably do feel pretty bad about it when they don't see either of the top two picks playing and editing has been meh. Um, you know, I haven't seen a ton from other guys, but I do think like there are there's potential for progress and potential for this to end up being a good class with like five or six contributors. Like we'll see. Um, I want to get into the receiver thing because obviously the Vikings traded away the 12th pick to Detroit. Um, and I will say like right off the bat, you know, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, those guys were all gone. Uh, they were off the board. The three guys who are contributing at the highest level right now, Jahan Dotson's had like three touchdowns through two weeks, but not huge yardage totals or catch totals. Uh, but like Jamison Williams, and I get he hasn't played yet, and maybe that would have went against like this whole like um, thing of trying to win now. But it was always expected Jamison Williams was going to miss about half of this season for Detroit. Uh, but when he does come back, what he did in college, and the player he looked like he would be, I mean, I, I don't think many people doubt he would have been the number one receiver taken in the draft, if not for the ACL. Like he's he's incredibly explosive. He's just that kind of talent. Really has the potential to be an elite elite guy. I think what we're seeing right now from the Vikings suggests that maybe taking a wide receiver, taking a shot on a Jamison Williams, even halfway through the season would have been worth it. Um, Because like, look at these teams right now, like the teams who have like one elite wide receiver, like what are we seeing more and more of? Like we're seeing Justin Jefferson get, uh, you know, the number one corner and safety help over the top and saying like somebody else beat us. We're seeing that happen to Devonte Adams in Vegas. Um, After his dominant week one, he's been held, I think below like 50 yards each of the next two weeks, just like Justin Jefferson, like teams are kind of, saying like, okay, we're not going to let this guy dominate us, make your other guys beat us. And in the past for the Vikings, that wouldn't have been a problem. But Adam Thielen's not dominating anymore. Adam Thielen is just beating blitzes by going to a spot on the field when like, when when his side of the field gets evacuated by the blitz, then he pops up eight yards and that's it. Uh, KJ Osborne had made really a couple really nice plays um, on, at the end of the game Sunday. But before that has been a ghost, uh, like really a non-impact player. Like they don't have another dominant guy. Um, and as much as we like to build up KJ Osborne, I don't know if he's going to be that dominant guy. Meanwhile, you have teams like Philly. They had Devonta Smith. He was great last year. 
they had A.J. Brown. Now it seems like you have to pick your poison. And A.J. Brown dominated week one, and Devonta Smith dominated the two weeks since. Uh, Miami, like Jalen Waddle was great. They had Tyreek Hill. You just can't pick on guys. You can't just take one guy out because the other guy will crush you. Um, I kind of think that's the new wave of offense, and I think Minnesota missed out on a chance to have two guys, dominant guys of their own that would leave the offensive success for years to come, kind of regardless of quarterback, because like right now we're seeing it. Like Jalen Hurts was not thought of as a great passing quarterback, but when you have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, it's pretty easy. Uh, Tua Tungvaloa, not thought of as a great passing quarterback, but when you have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, it's pretty easy. So like I, I do think maybe they missed out there, but we'll see what Jameson Williams turns into. Yeah, and I guess to that point, like you gave them to Jamison, you gave the Lions Jamison Williams. They have Amonra right now. Monroe St. Brown. So right. you might've given them a tandem that you have to deal with for the next 10 years. So uh, yeah, it, it remains to be seen about this draft class, but it, it there just seems like there was maybe a better option there when, when you were on the clock before you traded back in, in the first round. We'll see. Um, I don't know. Lewis scene right now is still pretty concerning to me. Um, we'll see how he turns out. Um, I, I don't think he's going to play anytime soon. So I think like this game was a pretty good indication. Like, we're not seeing Lewis seen anytime soon this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was it for kind of a rookie stock report here as we head moved into week four of the NFL season, Viking Saints on Sunday. We're going to come back next two segments of the show, kind of address maybe the concerns with this team through three weeks. Uh, it's a two and one team that certainly has issues and our potential remedies for how we think Minnesota can improve throughout the year.